0: All right, back on Young Turks, uh, I have a great guest for you guys, Andy Z. He's co-initiator of Refuse Fascism. Uh, he's uh, also part of the National Revolution Tour. That's uh, correct. And we're gonna talk about that, and spokesperson for Revolution Books uh, NYC. So uh, Andy has been on the show before. Uh, we've even disagreed on times uh, because he is to the left of me, so that's a fascinating conversation. <laughs> um, and we're gonna talk about uh, the current state of fascism in America in a second. Uh, but you guys have been protesting it for quite some time, uh, and uh, what what happened with LAPD in your group?
1: Okay, well, on uh, in, in early early fall twenty seventeen, Refuse Fascism called for a protest that would begin be day after day, night after night, such as have been done in the Arab Spring and recently in Puerto Rico and in Hong Kong, and uh, in Los Angeles nine people took to the freeway during rush hour, blocked at the 101, and said the Trump Pence regime must go. They were arrested, they came back a month later, did it again. And then it turned out that, and at the same time, I say that later that spring at UCLA, at UCLA, these students disrupted Mnuchin when he came. Mm-hmm. So. In the course of the trials of these, but there were no charges filed for a year, then they came in with 57 charges, including conspiracy, right at the deadline of this. And in the pre-trial discovery, is my understanding, it became evident that there was a police informant sent in by the LAPD who refused fascism meetings who played an active role and wrote these reports there was absolutely nothing in them because everything we've scheduled everything we've called for has been nonviolent there were and, and this is a right to the necessity for speech that to actually call the alarm to this so that's what that's what's actually happened with this
0: so i don't know if you like if you were in those meetings because when you found out who the informant was were you like oh dude it's bob well, <laughs> I, I'm from New York, and
1: I'm the, also in the, the National Editorial Board in leadership. and leadership. So I wasn't at those meetings, but uh, uh, if it was Bob, I would have definitely had a word with him. But, <laughs> oh, well. but, but the point is that, we, um, that, that this is not a surprise, and I, you know, there's sort of two points to make about it. One, why have they consistently gone after refuse fascism? What is it about an organization? who says the Trump-Pence regime must go, and says in the name of humanity, we refuse to accept a fascist America. It's that we are identifying what is a key political question in this country that every other question now is concentrated with within, in terms of any yeah. movement for social justice, whether it's abortion rights, the rights of immigrants, the climate, for God's sake, the question of war, all of that gets now exacerbated with the Trump-Pence regime. And at the same time, this is a Democratic administration, a Democratic uh, DA, who continues to file these charges. We want a mistrial- oh, in, in LA, this, yes. In LA. Yeah. And, uh, And now they're retrying them again in October, and the UCLA protests are going to trial on Friday.
0: So you want much larger protests, we're gonna get to that in one second. But last thing on this, look, as I see the banner on the highway there, look, it takes a lot of courage to walk across that highway if you've ever been there. But it could be a little dangerous. the cars are, you know, are heading there, well, in LA usually not that fast because mm-hmm. of how clogged the highways are. But, but could be, can you see why they might be concerned about that?
1: First off, we, that was very well planned. Mm-hmm. And yeah, these people are heroes. They went out and they risked something, could somebody have been run over, yes. But since they did that. How many have died in the camps on the borders? How many children have been separated from their parents? If you look at, there come times in history when you actually face a danger. It's existential not just for yourself, but for humanity. And one of the biggest problems we have now is that people didn't go out when we called them to come out last November. They didn't go out then. And what has happened? They hoped that the Democrats would take care of it. What have they done? They've prevaricated, they've wasted time, they've, and they've never actually focused on what the actual problem is. Not one candidate will say the, the, the F word, that it's fascist. This is a fascist regime. They haven't consolidated fascism fully yet, but they've made a tremendous amount of progress in the time. So sure, they did risk something right then, but what are you going to do? We don't command the airways. Thank you, You, this, I've been on the second time here, I've been on John's show a couple of times, and that's good. But this, it's very hard to get the actual situation talked about, endless hours talking about this candidate and that candidate, and never about the substances. How did they do? How did they look?
0: So let's talk about your ideal world, Andy. What would you have people do that isn't candidate this or candidate that?
1: Okay, we are this weekend, it's actually why I'm in LA now. We are having meetings around the country. We had the first one in Washington DC on Sunday after the We the People March on Saturday. And we are now calling for starting October 19th in New York and LA, and then every weekend for the next four weeks to try to kick off the kind of struggle that was went on in Puerto Rico where their governor was driven from power as what's going on in Hong Kong. The interests of the people to be rid of a fascist regime and then to go on with we have very different opinions. Some like yourself believe that the system can be used to for justice. I believe that it can't be that when you look at everything that's gone on from the climate to this and that to the oppression of black people, immigrants and all this, that, that the roots of that are in the system itself and we need a revolution. I, as you mentioned, I'm working on that with others, but right now. Everybody from different persuasions could be united around a single demand: the Trump-Pence regime must go. And we have to have the same kind of spirit, determination, creativity that they have right now in Hong Kong.
0: Andy, one argument is: well, look, Nancy Pelosi announced impeachment yesterday, kind of, but mainly, mostly. And if you do impeachment, well, Trump goes if it if it succeeds. So. It- is that acceptable to you or what's your take on it?
1: Well, I think Trump should go, of course he should go. But I don't, I, the, the reality is that you that it's first off not that likely that he will go through this process if there isn't an upsurge from below. If there isn't that upsurge from below, this could open up a lot of room for struggle. But as I think you've pointed out in a tweet earlier today that she is only wants to prosecute this on the basis of corruption. That's the least of the matter here. you know. And, and in fact, he's gonna wage the struggle over, well, his base would prefer his corruption, which is straight out there, straight up gangsta, to the kind of more slick and covered over corruption that you see as everyday life in Washington DC. We don't, that's not the interest of the people in that. The interest of the people has to do, and this impeachment should be on what he's actually done, the lives that are lost, the lives that are potentially gonna be lost from this regime. So I think the only way to get any positive result from this is for people to be in the streets and fight for what they want. And we're doing this in a way that I, if we succeed and get, this has to get way beyond refuse fascism. Even as I think a lot of people should get into refuse fashion, It's gotta get way beyond that so that people with all different points of view, supporting different candidates, they're out, all of whom recognize that nothing good's gonna come without that. Plus, many people point to we could end up with Mike Pence, but how you actually get a dynamic going so that it is Nixon and Agnew. For those who don't remember, they were president and vice president, both gone. How you get Trump and Pence and this whole regime, and also neutralize to the, a great extent this huge fascist base, who are relishing this battle. They're relishing it. Is you've got to mobilize this side, this this side of the equation, the people whose interests lie here.
0: Yeah. So look, I constantly the Democrats are only looking out for their own interests. Part of the reason why Nancy Pelosi only wants to focus on impeachment is because, I'm sorry, on Ukraine and keep it in a narrow focus on impeachment on just that issue is because it affects Joe Biden. And so she in an effort to protect Joe Biden and make it about poor Democrats and he targeted us, et now, he did break the law on that issue. She is right about that. but. I don't know why she doesn't want to go into his business interests, why she doesn't want to go into the other things that people have been talking about. It is weird, It is as that the reference that Andy made is to, I said it's an inexplicable complicity in not wanting to investigate further. So I understand all the points you're making there. Now in terms of bringing in more people, you refused fascism, well, a news or an organization that's in the news a lot lately is anti-fascism, Antifa. So, have you guys ever talked old school meeting new school and 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 what 's your point of view on that?
1: Well, one thing is I think that there 's been a lot of attacks on antifa, mm-hmm. and we put out a statement a couple years ago. I mean, you know we were accused of Leah. I was accused of leading antifa they 've just hardly the truth, and that they would certainly tell you that <laughs> that 's mm-hmm. not the case. but I think it 's a very dangerous and a very bad thing when people start targeting. Good protesters, bad protesters. I don't believe that the way to stop this regime is by simply mixing it up with these fascists when they come to town. On the other hand, you know, some of them came to defend the bookstore. Was it? has twice as been attacked by these fascist thugs. Uh, but we we have to go at that. You know, the only th- difference I might have with you on your your tweet was the inexplicable. I think there is an explanation for why Nancy Pelosi doesn't want to do this and why she hasn't wanted to do it overall. I mean, I don't know. I'm not inside her mind. But one thing is that the Democratic Party is a party, a ruling party in this country, and you know, there's three things they're afraid of. One, she's afraid of Donald Trump. But now she's invited. He's going to come at her, and we have to come. You have to go back to that too. There's the base of Donald Trump. And they are really active. I've been to all the right wing sites this morning to see what they're saying. They're relishing this. And the other thing she's afraid of, and this is where the protests in the street really matters. She's afraid of mobilizing the people who the Democratic Party represents, the black, Latino. Women, white people of conscience, uh, uh, youth, people concerned about the environment—you get all those people out in the streets in the kind of situation you have in Hong Kong right now. There's going to be a lot. It's going to be wonderful because there'll be a lot of discussion. There'll be a lot of debate. Watch the movie *The Square*, before the uh, the the Tahrir Square and the Arab Spring was uh, um, turned around there. And of course, today. Well, the good news is
0: they've come back and
1: they're in the, they're in the streets again in Egypt. But this yeah. is where change comes from. It always comes from the people acting in their own interests.
0: Yeah, well, it's certainly a fair point that uh, as much as Trump and the Republican leadership does not want a popular uprising. I'm not at all convinced Democratic leadership would like that either. They don't (laughs) want it. That's my point. They don't want that.
1: That's why she won't do it this way. That's why she stalls. That's why they can't even say the word for
0: real for so long, and they still don't say the word fascism. Right. All right, the website is refusefascism.org, Andy Z. Thank you for coming in again, appreciate it. All right, thanks a lot. Good to see you again, Jay. All right, now when we come back, we are going to talk to uh, a candidate, okay, sorry, Andy, uh, <laughs> we're gonna talk to a Democratic candidate uh, running for an important race. Uh, I happen to know this guy, we used to work together. Uh, so it's a it's a really interesting race with a really interesting character. Don't miss it, we'll be right back. All right, back on the Young Turks. Uh, in just a little bit, we're gonna do the uh, last half hour of the show. Uh, and that is just for members, one of the things we're gonna do is Fox News' reaction uh, in defending Donald Trump uh, against what is clear illegality, uh, and that's gonna be a hoot. So tyt.com slash join and become a member and get the last half hour of The Young as well. But before we do that, we have another guest for you guys. Joining me now is Alan Cohn. Uh, he is a great investigative reporter now running for Congress. Uh, and uh, I have to confess that uh, Alan and I worked together in Miami. But unlike me, he's actually a fantastic reporter. Uh, and in 2007, for example, he won the Peabody Award, and it was actually for a story he did on uh, defective parts in Black Hawk, Black Hawk helicopters, so holding the government accountable. Uh, so that's relevant to his run here. Alan, great to have you back on the show.
2: Oh, it's so good to talk to you, Jenk.
0: All right, so Alan, you've been a reporter for a long time, won about every award you can in that field. So you're going and trying to run for office one more time, you've done it before, why? What's the draw here? Why leave something you're really great at and try to run for office?
2: You know for the last three and a half years I had my own show on ABC uh, seven in, in our area the Tampa Bay area and every night we talked about what's happening in Washington. What's happening with the economy the environment taxes. Uh, health insurance and and all of that, but I'm tired of talking about things because nothing seems to change in in Washington DC. And in this particular era, we have a freshman Republican congressman who just days after he was elected, uh, it came out that he acknowledged he took illegal campaign loans. So now he's under federal investigation by the FEC and basically rendered ineffective you know at a very time when we need a representative in Washington this is a really middle class area and you know I, I don't have to tell you that you know for all the talk that the president makes about the economy and how low unemployment it is. I don't know what the economy he's talking about here because middle class families in this area are are not getting ahead. They're falling behind. They're working harder. Many make less money than they did ten years ago. Sixty percent of people haven't recovered from the economic class collapse. Forty percent uh, the paycheck to paycheck, and you know, I have a wife and two kids, and we know exactly what is happening with middle class families. And you know, darn it, you know, we need somebody to, to go to Washington and and focus like a laser beam on that. And I don't think you hear that too much from members of Congress or candidates for Congress, for that matter.
0: Right. Well, you know, look, Alan. In a lot of ways, you sound like most of the candidates that I speak to, which is. I can't take it anymore. And if they're not gonna do anything about it, I'm gonna do something about it. And so that's refreshing to hear. Before we get more into your planks, I'm curious cuz I'm always curious about the issue of corruption. What did the Republican incumbent do? What was he charged with that's already got him in legal trouble?
2: He took almost $200,000 in loans from friends to run his campaign two years ago, evidently because he was having a hard time raising money, the old fashioned way, which you have to do in terms of calling and asking people for uh, his support. That's um, He's acknowledged that it is uh, against the law. The Federal Elections Commission is investigating that as we speak. But as you know, the FEC is so wrapped up in the fact that so many of its commissioners are quitting, they don't have a quorum. Uh, this investigation is gonna take a long time. and. As a result of this, though, his name is Ross Spano, and he's gotten a lot of flack from fellow Republicans in this area because of that. Because at the time that, as I said, we need somebody the most in Washington, he's so wrapped up in this investigation that he can't get much done about anything. Alan,
0: do you know what percentage of the time Spano votes with Trump?
2: Well, it's over 90%. 95%. Okay. 95%. Yeah. He, he is Trump's man in this area. And you have to keep in mind, number one, the demographics of this congressional district, which has become progressively more Democrat over the years because of, of redistricting. Uh, but it, it's also just very working class. And You know, when I talk about the economy, you know, maybe a lot of candidates do. But, you know, for all the things that are happening in Washington these days, there are so many families right now who are struggling just to make ends meet that all the other issues get drowned out because of that monthly difficulty in just paying the bills and you know, you know, people won't be able to focus on all these other things that are important while they're under so much duress in, in terms of of just paying for the the mortgage and their health insurance and their kids' little league, for that matter.
0: Yeah, well, uh, Spano helped by giving uh, billionaires tax cuts. Oh, right, that didn't help at all. Um, so,
2: hey, you know what, Jake? I, I, you know, let me stop you there because. You know, they boast about those tax cuts. And if you remember, you know, the budget deficit was going down to something that could have been actually balanced at one point, like, you know, when President Obama left office and we exploded the the budget deficit because of these these tax cuts. And I dare anybody watching this right now to tell you how those tax cuts changed their lives. They can't. because. Lord knows, nobody likes to pay taxes. But if there's anybody who deserves a, a tax cut, it is the fa- middle class families and working families that need 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 them the most, not you know the upper one percent um, who are doing just fine. and don't get me wrong. I want people to to start businesses and make a lot of money. And I know those people wanna pay their, their employees well and provide health insurance and have safe workplaces and not pollute the environment. But you know, too often it's, it's the middle class that gets the shaft and, and that continues to this day, thanks to Ross Spano.
0: So let's talk about how you would get it done. So you're talking about delivering for the middle class and that makes a ton of sense. I think a lot of politicians have forgotten that they're supposed to deliver for their average voter, not just for their donors. So, but let's talk about policy. How would you do that? What would you be in favor of that would improve the lives of those folks?
2: You know, I remember this scene from our favorite show, The West Wing, where there's a dad who's taking his kid on a college tour, and he's stuck at a hotel bar with Toby and Josh, and he doesn't know how he's going to pay for it all. For it all, you know. When it comes to sending your kids to school, you know, by and large, it should just be a little bit easier to do that. And you know, that's one thing in terms of, of whether it's tax incentives to do that or finding some way to make college more affordable. The other thing is, you know, we talk a lot about health care and whether Obamacare is you know needs to be improved or whether we should have Medicare for for all. But the bottom line is, there are also a lot of families who do get their health insurance through their employers. But in this day and age, the deductibles are so high, you know, the job that I just left, um, it was $3,000 a year or $6,000 a year, which basically makes, uh, you know, families not have health insurance at all because, you know, so many families cannot afford that expense when we go, when they go to the doctor or for their prescri- per- prescription drugs. So. In many ways, I feel it has to start there, and it has to start by by solving that that problem in terms of these these health insurance companies that are making incredible billions of dollars, and it's not always the the, the corporations' fault who hire people because they're being squeezed by the insurance companies. So it, it's two things, it, it, and it's many more. It's the insurance companies, and, and uh, also uh, the fact that you know if there are any breaks out there, it. They have to go to the middle class and, and working
0: families. So Alan, this is a theme that's repeated over and over again, whether it's the insurance companies screwing over people with health care uh, uh, issues, or it's the NRA donating so much money to Republican politicians. And I mean, you're in Florida, this is Florida's 15th district, and, uh, and unfortunately, Florida's legendary for mass shootings now. Uh, so uh, I assume you're not taking NRA money, is that correct? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> okay, so so that's obvious, right? Uh, but what would you do about gun control? Uh, how do you protect your citizens uh, in a district like that?
2: Well, let let's be clear what we're not talking about. We're not talking about taking anyone's guns away in terms of the guns that they buy for personal protection. We have a Second Amendment. Uh, you know, I believe in it. I believe that if you feel that you need a weapon at home to protect yourself, uh, that's one thing, but Assault weapons, AR-15s, AK-47s with 100 round magazines, I mean, that is crazy. And and the fact is, you know, my wife and I have sat there and held our breaths every time we heard that there was a lockdown at our kids' school. And we would get a robocall. We actually had our daughter text us one day saying that she's sitting in the wrong seat because she was too close to the door of the classroom. And then if a shooter came in, she would be a target. Now you tell me if your kid is going to get a good education if that's what they're thinking about when they get into the classroom. So part of the issue is the way you talk to people about that. That you're not taking their guns away for personal protection, but when you're talking about weapons of war that should be in the hands of the U.S. military, they simply should not be in the hands of civilians. And and the fact is, you know. You look at all the mass shootings, or many of the mass shootings that we've seen over the last several years, and there, there's debates about red flag laws, which is fine. There's, uh, you know, but you too often hear people say we don't want to deprive the rights of, um, you know, law-abiding people to uh, own the, these weapons. The fact is, they were law-abiding until they weren't, and this has gotten so crazy and so deadly and so horrible. That it is insane. And, you know, we have to grow up. We have to grow up as a society. And, you know, that's where I would begin. Yep. Uh,
0: Alan Cohn running for Congress in a now winnable district. So, this is a very important race if Democrats want to hold on to the House. Uh, the website is alancohenforcongress.com. We'll, of course, have the links down below if you're watching later on YouTube or Facebook. In the description box, you just click on and find out more about Alan. And obviously, the click for uh, donations as well, going up against a lot of money from a lot of corporate interests. Uh, so, uh, Alan Cohen, thank you for uh, joining us on The Young Turks. Appreciate it, brother.
2: Uh, thanks a lot, Jake.
0: All right, no problem. All right, when we come back, just for the members, Fox News with a hilarious, pathetic defense of Donald Trump on this Ukraine issue. And then Anna's been super excited about doing this House centipede story. I have no idea what it is, but I like that she's excited, so it might be fun. So let's check that out, tyt.com slash join to become a member. By the way, you can get a free week and try it out if you want, a free tyt.com slash trial. See if you like it. We'll see you there.